Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I believe that we're in the church, we're living in, in great days. We're living in an awesome time where, where um, the profile of the kingdom of God is um, front and centre. And um, God's doing amazing things. Let's have a look. John chapter 15. Just while you look for that, um, I want to thank everyone who gives their well wishes, prayers and thoughts towards um, myself and Renee around Youth Alive. Um, We really feel your encouragement and your prayer and your support. Um, We've had a great year in the last 12 months in Youth Alive where we've seen close to 6,000 people across Australia, young people, make a decision for Jesus Christ. And that's that's fantastic. And... um, we're working harder than ever before with Alpha and other follow-up procedures and discipleship courses so we're not just sort of getting them down the front and um, that who knows, that's the easy part but it's the follow-up that's the hard thing. So we're working hard with churches, equipping and raising up leaders to do the follow-up. Um, John 15, I'm the vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that continues to bear fruit, he repeatedly prunes. So that it may bear more fruit, even richer and finer fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have given you, the teachings which I have discussed with you. Now remain in me and I will remain in you, just as no branch can bear fruit by itself without remaining in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit, producing evidence of your faith, unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches, and one, uh, the one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. For otherwise, apart from me, that is, cut off the, from the vital union with me, you can do nothing. I'll stop there. It keeps reinforcing, keeps reinforcing, keeps reinforcing. Now, Queensland summers are incredibly torrential. And um, you, grow, you mow the lawn and then it's, it grows another three inches. You've got to mow it again the next week. The branches, we live in a quarter acre block and we thought it was a good idea at first, but now I just hate the day I bought that house because I'm continually pruning trees. It's like I do one round of pruning, take it to the tip and another one, but sometimes I just get so tired. Now, I'm sort of got ADD, triple D, plus, plus. And so if I, if I start something, it's like I'll just prune a few things here. Next thing, the thing's cut right back. I've done every tree and it's like the sun's gone down and I'm still going and I've got cuts on my arms and I'm, I'm an animal just out there with a chainsaw or the saw it's like I just can't hold back I just all or nothing but then sometimes every now and then I get a little bit too tired the sun's gone down and I just leave the branches on the bottom and I think I'll pick them up tomorrow they stay there for sometimes a few weeks now who knows that when the branch comes off that thing remains green for quite a while but it sneakily just catches up where all of a sudden it begins to wither and it, the leaf begins to turn a little bit brown. It becomes rigid and stiff and it's easy to break. And I just want us to have a bit of a, um, uh, an analysis, have a look at some vital signs of our relationship with Jesus this morning. And I see some, a lot of familiar faces, many who have been in the kingdom of God a lot longer than I. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I think I'm still young. I've just turned 40 this year. <gasps> no gasp. Wow. Yeah, yeah, you look about 40, mate. I'm trying my hardest. I used to wait for all the young people. Oh, 
So I need to get a tattoo or something and make myself look a bit younger. <laughs> Young and vibrant like Chris. Um, so we see here that just recently my, my car, we sort of had a car that the kids could beat up and it wouldn't matter if we went to the beach, so it was sort of, we were going to just drive it into the ground. Well, um, Renee and I went for a barbecue at a well-known place in Brisbane. On the way back, I let her drive. Um, I just submitted myself to her leadership with her driving. <laughs> On the way back, she's going, the temperature gauge is going up, going 100 k's down the freeway. The temperature gauge is going up. I'm like, no, it's not. It just always sits there. She goes, babe, I know this car more than you. I drive it more. The temperature gauge is up too high. I'm like, babe, it's not. See, this is the thing. Renee will always err if there's a knock. She goes, oh, the car's going to blow up. We need to buy a new one. Does, is there any other women in it? Like... Like panic stations, it's like, I think the tyres flat, we need to buy a whole new set of four tyres. It's like gross over-exaggeration where, for me, it's like I'm the ultimate optimist. It's like, I reckon the, there could be smoke billowing out of the exhaust and flames and coming out of the bonnet. I'm like, it's going to be fine, we'll just hose it down and we'll keep pushing through. It was one of those occasions where she was right and I was wrong. So she's panicking, all of a sudden smoke's billowing out, we're going 100, she goes, I don't want to do it, I don't want to do it. She's like, there's no brakes, there's no brakes. I'm like, there's brakes. She's like, there's no brakes. She was right, there was no brakes. So, so, so I get the handbrake, we pull to the side and, and short story, the car is absolutely kaput and we've got to buy a new one. So we're in the market for a new car. So I'm looking for a nice seven-seater for the family, but you know what, I want a one-owner and I want a good service history. I want to know that every 10,000 kilometres that car's had a good tune-up, had a good check-up, had a good service. I want to know that there's been no major glitches in the system in that car. And I feel this morning, just as we come to hear the word, that we're just going to have a quick look at a, at a few checklists, have a few vital signs to see how we're tracking in our personal relationship with Jesus because sometimes you might not even understand or you might just catch up and you can become complacent in your walk with Jesus and you can be going through the motions, you can be serving the Lord and, and different things but you know what, you can become disattached from the vine. So let's have a look. First vital sign that we need to have a look at is that you love ministry more than you love Jesus. This is a big one in church life because, you know what, there's a lot of activity. I know some here, there's some Christian teachers in Christian schools and we can, you know, that's our vocation and we're having an impact and a difference. But we, we can put that ministry and that service towards him so much at the forefront that, you know what, Where's that passion and that drive to get alone with Jesus? Where's that passion and that drive where, where, where it's good to serve and it's good to lead, but not in lieu of our personal devotional time with Jesus? Not an arduous, rigid, must-do, you've got to pray every single day relationship with Jesus because when, I, when I'm spending time with my wife, it's not a hard chore. It's not like we have to book in a time. It's like it ebbs and flows. It's spontaneous. It's natural. It's organic. Yeah. And sometimes when it comes to our spiritual life, we get so rigid. There's a list of ticks that on, the, on a box that we have to do like that checklist. And, and we lose the, the, the innocence and we lose the, the vitality and we, we lose the spontaneity of a precious, wonderful, beautiful relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Now, I'm preaching to myself here. 
So I'm not coming as mightier than now. Oh, here we go. We've got the homeboy back from Queensland. He's roughing us up around the ears. Not at all. Because I constantly have to have a bit of a, have a, have a, have a stock take at where I am with this because I can get so busy, so much performance, so many people making decisions for Christ. And my personal relationship with God, I can just sink back because the, 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 the ship's sailing, so to speak, in order with the ministry. And it's just going. And I can hide behind that if I'm not careful. Turn the person next to you and say, I love you. Someone needed to hear that this morning. See, this is what this was a remote this is a reminder to me. Hey, shush. No, just you started it. Shh, shh. You're more rowdy than the youth on Friday night. Gee, I thought this was gonna be the quiet sedate service. Okay. So it's all happening. Shush you too. No, just joking. Just joking. So we see the 4th of the 12th, 1992. Great year. That's when I did year 12. Great teacher by the name of Mr. Les Cowald. He writes me this letter that I continue, I've kept. It's right here. I continually come back to it, open up, and it's like a prophetic word for my life that I always keep coming back to says, Cameron, I can see that within you there is a desire to know God better and to serve him. Often things will clutter and get in the way of this. Make efforts to remove all that distracts you from the Lord and achieving what he has ordained you to do. He has your whole future in his hands and he desires to fellowship with you daily. And I think that that's a message for us this morning is that he desires. He desires to fellowship with you daily he pines to be with you he's a jealous lover he wants to have great relationship with you he doesn't want you doing stuff but sometimes he just wants you to sit down and sit at his feet and just bask in the majesty and the glory of his splendor number two you act more like martha than you do mary christian your christianity is defined more by what you do than by who you are doing versus being mary chose the better thing jesus said i think that's very self-explanatory because we can be out there doing a lot of activity in the community we can be baking a lot of cakes we can be making a lot of sandwiches we can be welcoming people on the welcome door we can be doing new christians follow-up we can be doing cell groups we can do all the production stuff we can come up here with all of the band we can give generously our businessmen in 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 the in the ministry and and fuel the kingdom of god but we can do all these acts of services but you know what god wants our heart church god wants our heart he wants an intimate personal living loving relationship and a church that has that at the center that keeps coming back to that that keeps remind being reminded and responding to that man that is a church that that the world stands up and notices that's a church that the world is attracted to so we see number three Worship is an event and it's not an encounter. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I love that. Diligently seek. You know, I, I always set up a youth camp by, by using that scripture. I always set up a youth camp by saying that if you draw near to God, God will draw near to you. And then I felt challenged within my heart when I'm out ministering to other age groups and other demographics and other youth pastors and senior pastors and leaders that I'm with, that, you know what? 
We need to be charged with that. We need to hear that. We need to be continually reminded of that because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And we need to pursue him. There's a great little, um, little quote that I picked up along the way. I'd love to say it was mine, but I'd be lying if I did and then God might strike me down while I'm preaching in the pulpit. It says, to grow, we need to feed. But to feed, we need to be hungry. And I just think that's a powerful thing because you know what? We've, we've, we've got to be hungry for the presence of God. Yeah. Not just, right, we've got an event tonight where it's going to be a great time of encounter and worship. Well, you know what? Let's not just go through the motions there and, and just have a great electrified atmosphere because the band's cranking and the light's there. But, you know, imagine if we could take another step and go deeper. Imagine you sacrifice your Sunday night to say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to get into the presence of God tonight. I'm going to lay a hold. I want something fresh of the Holy Spirit. I want more of you, Jesus. I'm hungry. I can't get enough. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Who Now, Adelaide's just recently got a Krispy Kreme donut store. Is that right? Okay, who, who remembers um, before Adelaide had one, if you were at the Sydney airport, you'd go and buy a batch and bring them back and you were everyone's favourite friend? You're like, you know, when, when I used to work at church at Paradise, you know, I'd get a couple of dozen and take them through and I'd be everyone's favourite friend for that week, you know. I bought a Krispy Kreme donut and I enriched their nutrition and, um, and added value to their life. But the thing is that once I bought a box back and I was going to share it with the family and um, I thought everyone's going to love me. But on the way back, um, I thought I'll just sneak one. So the plane gets up, the seatbelt comes off, I come up, up, undo the overhead luggage, just grab one. Oh, sit down, everyone's looking at me covetous. They're like... <laughs> so I think, oh, that was so good. I just... Need to get another one. So I undo my seatbelt, stand back up. Everyone's looking at me. The granny at the back of the plane's shaking her head. And I thought, okay. So I sit down, I devour that. I'm like, oh, man, I'm pinging. I, I just, oh, they're so good. Like, I haven't had one of those for years. Like, okay, I'm just going to have another one. That flight, I ate the whole box. They're so light and so dainty and they just... But I didn't realise that it would feel like I had a brick sitting in my stomach after about an hour. And, and the troubles I had later, I, I dare not talk about. Like, I dare not talk about. I only share that with the young people. But it, it, was a cra it was crazy. But the thing is, that's, you know, you can't have one Krispy Kreme donut. Well, some of you are a lot more restrained than me, obviously. But for me, you know, taste and see that the Lord is good. It's like, you, you, just, you have a bite, you just need more the good thing is there's no brick sitting in your stomach afterwards and there's no problems later you just want more church we've got to be more hungry than ever before to grow we need to feed to feed we need to be hungry we see here i forget what number i am um number five number four is that performance is more important than obedience See, Jesus was amazing in the fact that he wasn't trying to win a popularity contest. He wasn't trying to prove anyone or anything. He wasn't trying to... His agenda was to do the will of the Father. As he, as he taught us to pray, he said, Lord, let your will be done. Let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And I, I, just, I just think that, that, just, that prayer, that component of the Lord's prayer that 
your will be done, your will be done. Not, 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 not my comfort, not what is going to suit me best, but we're disciples, we're followers. We, 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 at times we're called to a higher level to, to pay the price. I had a youth pastor that was driving me around just yesterday and he said, Cameron, what are the key moments where you've seen like an increase of God's grace and, and his power and his anointing on your life? And I said, every single time I obeyed God, I ticked a few people off, disappointed some people, but at the same time, something of God was released in my life. And, and I found that it was, it, it took me a while to get this because I want everyone to love me and I want to be embraced and accepted by everyone and who knows, it's impossible to keep everyone happy 100% of the time. Um, you just ask a politician. You know, they go in with best intentions, but at any point in time, half of the country hate them. And, um, and sorry, why did we get on to politics? But we see that obedience, obedience, obedience no matter what the cost. When's the last time that you've done something for the first time? I, I just don't want to get stationary. I don't want to get stagnant. I don't want to do stuff for the sake of doing it. And I don't want to just change things up because I'm bored. I've got nothing else to do. But, but let's keep putting ourselves, no matter what our age is, no matter how mature we are in our faith, is that you want to bring that cutting edge back into your walk with Jesus. You've you got you to step out into the zone of the unknown. You, you've got to step out into a place where it is uncomfortable. And you know what the incredible thing is? is that that's where you meet God. That's where God rolls up in your life. We see um, the next one, is that we need to, that a vital sign that things are a little bit out of shape is that you treat God's word as a textbook rather than a letter from a friend. So here we go. We've just got to absorb this. It's just another book. It's an arduous task. We're going through the motions, but there's a whole nother level when you're, when you're reading the Word of God and it becomes alive because God's intimately speaking into your situation. Now, hear, hear me out here this morning, church. Uh, this isn't a box up around the ear. This is a healthy analysis. This is a healthy checklist. This is a healthy look at where our vital signs are because God loves us. God plan and purposes for us no matter what age, God's not finished with us yet. There is great things ahead for each and every one of us. There's good things in store. As Pastor Brian Houston says, the greatest quote recently in the church, the best is yet to come. It legitimately is. So we see here, um, we see here that number, thank you. We see here, I, I've left a few out because I thought I was I'm short of time. I want to get to the good ones. So we see here, that the next one is that you spend more time looking out of your life rather than looking in. And I've been, I've been guilty of this from time to time. Sitting back on the armchair of life, a few disappointments, uh, a few hurts, and sitting back and taking pot shots at everyone else. And it can be easy to pull everyone else down to make yourself feel better about yourself and and I'm, I'm being very I feel like I'm amongst family and friends well I actually am and um, I just want to be vulnerable with you this morning that that it's incredible that sometimes if when when you get fractured or you get hurt or someone says something against you and it cuts through and you feel misunderstood and and you can take an offense 
and it's not like that you're raging and you're wanting to go after people, but sometimes it can just bruise you in a, in a, in a fashion that you just retreat and you just withdraw just subtly and it's like, well, I don't want to put myself up for that again. And um, Les Cowell, my teacher, went on to say, he gave me a scripture and it was Proverbs 4. And um, I, I just love this passage so much. Guard your heart out of it comes the issues of life. And I love the amplified version. It says, keep and guard your heart with all vigilance. Then it says, purpose, aggression, and with heightened attention. Look, look at the level of intensity there that, that God is really speaking to us about guarding our heart because it's the center of who we are. That's our connection point with, with our Savior is, is in our heart, in our soul, in our, in our spirit. And so often it can be easy in a marriage. It can be easy in a, in a business partnership. It can be easy it, with a work colleague. It could be easy within Christians, within a church, exactly like this where there's humanity, there's different opinions, there's different agendas, and, and we've got to calm our flesh down and let our spirit man or woman rise up within. And we need to guard our heart. Guard our heart. Guard our heart. Protect it. Pastor Danny Guglamucci, as a young leader, he said these words that set me up for life. And he said, young pastors, young leaders, said, guard your heart. And then he went on and broke it down. He said, you need to have thick skin and keep a soft heart. And who knows along the journey of life, that is so true that, that sometimes it can get through, sometimes it can pierce, and sometimes it can affect. And then we just retreat a little bit. And, and, a, and a fruit of that sometimes is our relationship with Jesus just becomes the mundane, just goes through the, the, the mundanity of Christian living. If I could get the musos to come up so the Holy Spirit can come. The joy of service gives way to duty. That's the next one. Nehemiah 8 verse 10 says, The joy of the Lord is my strength. Who, who loves paying their tax? Oh. <laughs> who loves trying to reduce their tax to the absolute minimum because you only want to pass over to Caesar what is rendered to him, but if you can find out a way to reduce that, man, you're going to do that. Of course, we all do. Let's, let's give double this year. What the heck? Let's help the infrastructure of our country. We, we want to chip in. It's like, no way. We, we'll all pay our little bit. We want to boil it down to the minimal amount. This is the thing is that when your heart and you're not connected to the vine and the leaf's starting to go a little bit green and the branch is starting to get a little bit rock hard, you can start to boil down your active service to the standard minimum requirement just to get through, just to pass by. When it comes around a time of offering and generosity and giving, you just, you know, just get the bare minimum. There we go. But when you're on fire, when you're connected to the vine and there's that vitality and life that's flooding through from a living, loving relationship with Jesus, man, your wallet's always open. You're being generous. You're looking for opportunities to be a blessing to other people. You're looking for problems to fix within the church. You're not sitting back and nitpicking and going, 
nada, nada, nada. It's like, what, what is that doing? Where is the, where is the, the fruitfulness of that? It's just, it's destroying, it's pulling down. We're called to build up and to speak life. Last but not least, hope gives way to inevitability. And that's a sad place. I've seen people who are so vibrant, so full of faith, so expectant, will lay hands and pray on anyone. You know what? Certain things happen. Maybe a prayer is not answered. Before you know it, they just begin to just wither back a little bit. It's like, oh, well, I guess that's our lot in life. I guess that's how it's going to pan out. And that's not the adventure that we signed up for in a relationship with Jesus. We've got life and life to the full, life that's overflowing. It's abundant life. It's large and it's expansive and the, the, the way of the righteous is on an upward journey. And that's where we should all be tracking towards. And I believe this morning that God's wanting to encourage us and stir us once again. Let's, let's get snapped back in. Let's get regrafted in so that that vitality from the vine, so that, you know what? So that we can have that vibrant life, so that we can be the Mary and not the Martha, so that we can, we can be the ones that, that are bearing incredible fruit. My heart is that, that when His church is vibrant and connected and alive and is living and is in love with one another, oh, as, as an evangelist, the greatest testimony to the world is the way that we love one another. The way that we love one another, the way that we put up with each other's annoying habits, the way that we don't think about our own selfish agenda and our wants and our needs, but when we lay them down for the body, for the kingdom of God, the world looks in and goes, they've got no idea out there. And sometimes they look at some churches and they go, well, they've got no idea in there. I believe that this church is called to be a lighthouse in this city, to rise up and to be noticed and to seen, not so that we can tap ourselves on the back and go, how good are we? But so that we can be a light, the way we love one another, the community is going to see. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 